Welcome to a new episode of Mayan Yaakov, Hasidic Perspective on Talmudic Stories. Today we are going to discuss a short story uh, that follows a discussion in Masachet Sanhedrin, Daflamet Zayin, Amud Aleph. The Gemara discusses the potential there is in every Jew, regardless of their level of observance. And it begins with a quote from Shira Shirim. And as you know, Shira Shirim is actually a mushal uh, in which... Bnei Yisrael, the relationship between Bnei Yisrael and Kadosh Baruch Hu is compared to the relationship between man and wife. And at one point in uh, Perigdalet, the husband is listing the virtues and the beauty of his wife, which of course, the meaning of it is how Kadosh Baruch Hu sings the praises of Bnei Yisrael. In one of the descriptions, the Pasuk says, Your cheekbone has the color of an open pomegranate. And the Gemara says, what does that mean? You know, the pomegranate, you crack it open and it's like a rosy. And uh, that's how we look. So the word rakasech, which means your cheekbone, actually could also be interpreted as reik, which means empty. And the Gemara says, Even those who are empty amongst you are full of mitzvahs, like a pomegranate, as we know, the uh, legendary uh, amount of uh, grains of seeds in uh, some species of pomegranate is 613. So therefore, when we talk about the pomegranate, it's actually a reference to the 613 mitzvahs. So by comparing the cheekbone, i.e. the emptiness of any Jew, to an open pomegranate, the Gemara is saying that even the emptiest of Jews are full of mitzvahs, just like a pomegranate has 613 seeds. I just want to open a parenthesis about this before I go on to the story, but uh, there was a story told, probably true, that once uh, uh, Satmar Chassid came to the, to the Rebbe, and he was in Yechidus, and the Rebbe asked him, what did the Rebbe speak last Shabbos? So the, that Chassid answered, well, the Rebbe asked a question on the statement of the Gemara, where it's written, If they are empty, how could they be full of mitzvahs like the Rimoy? The Rebbe said, oh, that's interesting. I also, also spoke about the same thing. I asked the same question from a different angle. I was asking, if they are full of mitzvahs like a pomegranate, why do you go and call them empty? Just an interesting, um, very typical uh, switch of paradigm. The way the Rebbe looks at every Jew um, indeed is full of mitzvahs. Why? Because looking at the potential and definitely a Jew could do tshuva in a second and even if he has done many averis, all these averis will turn into mitzvahs. Um, so really the story that follows in the Gemara goes, goes along those lines. How to look at people who are really less than imperfect. So, just a few lines. The Gemara says, There were those brigands who were um, moved into the neighborhood of Rabzeira. 
and Reb Zeira was mekar of them. He was dealing with them very nicely and very friendly to them. Why? Kihechi the nidrule so they will do tshuva. Reb Zeira's intention was that if he is going to uh, address them in a very positive and friendly manner, maybe they'll do tshuva. However, this wasn't the opinion of all the Chachamim around. The Chachamim of the, the other Chachamim in the neighborhood were upset with Reb Zeira. They felt he shouldn't, he shouldn't be welcoming to them. We'll see later that some of the Mefarshim are, are saying that these Rabbanon, these other rabbis, were actually the Talmide Chachamim, precisely the Talmidim of Reb Zeira. And they weren't happy with him doing this. When Reb Zeira passed away, Amri Until today, this short man who has burnt his thighs, and because that was a nickname given to Rabzeira, Rabzeira was short and he once sat on an oven to see if uh, he was in control of the fire or fire's control of him and he actually uh, got burnt. So because of uh, that uh, episode, he has received this nickname. So interesting had these brigands, these gangsters, who were living in Rabzeira, Rabzeira's neighborhood, and Rabzeira was mekarev and nice to them. They still called him with that nickname of the short man that got burned. So until now, he used to daven for us. Now that he passed away, who is going to daven for us? To daven on our behalf. They have had a hirur, they had a thoughts in their heart, and they have done tshuva. Which, by the way, this is this part is not very surprising. It doesn't take a lot to do tshuva. All one needs is a thought in his, in his mind, in his heart. It has to be sincere, it has to come from the heart. And within a moment, he could, uh, he could do tshuva. I mean, we know that. Um, there, is a, there is a din the Gemara that if somebody tells a woman, you are my wife, you have betrothed to me on the condition that I am a tzadigamur. Even if he was a complete Russia, she is betrothed because of a suffix. What's the suffix? We know he's a Russia. Maybe he has had a tshuva thought and that could take a moment. That could take a second. And nobody knows what's happening in anybody's heart. So maybe at a moment he says, you are my wife on condition I am a tzadik gamur. If he did tshuva at that moment, he became a, maybe he became a tzadik gamur. So he's in, in fact married. So here we see that this concept of doing tshuva within a second, and that's all it takes, actually has halachic implications, which means something very, con- very concrete. It's something that is actual. It's not just like, oh, that's uh, such a heartwarming, nice thought. No, no, this is halacha, this is a fact. All right, so here, here is clear um, that this is what happened, but, you know, the question that we need to uh, find out about this story is really what was the difference of opinion between Reb Zeyre and the other Chachamim. All right, when he saw them moving in, he 
rolled out the welcome mat. When they saw him moving in, they said, there goes the neighborhood. So, what was the difference? Now, you know that it cannot be just a matter of feeling. They felt threatened or they felt that he was going to bring down the neighborhood with a bad uh, um, company and so on. No, it, there has to be, everything has to be based on the Torah. Especially when such a discussion is brought in the Gemara, they both have to have a basis in the Torah. The Mephoshimon and Yaakov are saying that actually the Machloikas between Rabzeir and the other Chachamim was, what should you do when you see somebody doing something wrong? So later in the Gemara, in the same Asechta in Sanhedrin, but uh, the Gemara mentioned the story of Elisha and Gehazi. When Gehazi went against what Elisha told him, it was a story about uh, getting reward for, for, for curing uh, uh, a non-Jewish king. And he went and he, he took reward when, when Elisha told him not to. So at that point, the Gemara says that Elisha pushed away Gehazi with both hands. However, says this is not the right way to do it. When you need to rebuke somebody, you need to push him away with the right hand. Sorry, push him away with a small hand and bring him back closer with the right hand. Now, this is not just a game of yo-yo, you push him, bring him back, sending mixed messages. What is he saying here? Push him with the left hand, bring him back with the right hand. Well, it's because the difference between the right and the left is that the left hand is a weak hand by most people. The right hand is a strong hand by most people. So therefore, when you need to rebuke someone, when you see that somebody is doing something wrong, and you need to give him a rebuke, you got to do it with the, the soft, weaker hand, with smile, which is the left hand. However, right away, you bring him closer with the right hand, which is the strong hand. In other words, the kiruv of such a person has to be way stronger than the rebuke. Now, the difference, says the Mefashim, that the difference between Rebzeir and his and the other people is that they were, as I mentioned before, his Talmidim. And being that they were his Talmidim, um, they didn't know everything that he knew. So they knew the story of Gehazi. Somebody did something wrong, you push him away both hands. They didn't know what the Gemara is about to say about 70 pages later. The Gemara is saying that, well, Rebzer is right. You have to be Mekarev. You have to use your strong hand to bring closer. Just another parenthesis on, on, on this concept between a Rebbe and this Talmidim, not seeing the same way how to deal with other people. A story is told that once the more serious Chassidim of the Rebbe Rashab um, complained to him once telling him that um, they see, they notice that the Rebbe Rashab is putting a lot of emphasis and a lot of effort in giving attention to those who were not really um, in the norm, those who were a little bit falling to the sides. And, and yet, to those chassidim who were very serious and who were very focused and doing the avoider properly, perhaps, of course, attention was given but they felt that they were getting less attention during a Fabrengen. 
they felt that during the Fabrengen, more attention was going towards the, how do they call it, the chilled, I guess. So they actually asked, it was the time, you know, in those years, you had the opportunity, and this was the type of relationship between Rebbe and Chassidim, in which they were able to ask, and they asked the, the Rebbe Rashab clearly, by Fabrengen, such a thing, and the Rebbe Rashab answered, he says, look, when a shepherd is uh, leading his flock, and all the sheep are going in one direction properly, um, and there is one sheep that goes off to the side a little bit, the shepherd doesn't need to do much. He whistles, he makes a certain, certain noise, perhaps he runs towards his direction a little bit, and the sheep goes back right away. What happened when the sheep went um, astray and fell into a pit? So the shepherd could whistle all he wants, he could come as close as possible, but unless he bends over and lifts out the sheep from the pit, that ship is going to be stuck in the pit. So the Rebbe Hashem explained, that's what's happening. For you, I, it's enough. I tell you L'chaim, doing a Fabrengen. I, I answer your question when you wonder which direction your avoider should take. And you go in the right direction, but there are others that that won't be enough. For whom I actually need to bend down and reach down in their pit and pull them out from where they are. It seems to me that this is what Rabzera was doing, and I can't help but see the striking similarities between Rabzera and his Talmidim, and this story between Rabbi Rashab and his Talmidim. That's why I brought it in as a parenthesis. But now I want to go back to um, the story itself. And again, I want to ask the question, who was right? Could we say that... Uh, the Talmidim were right because the proof is they didn't do tshuva. They only did tshuva after he passed away. Or are we to say, well, Rebzerah was right because what matters is that at the end of the day they did tshuva. But if Rebzerah was right, why did it take so long for them to do tshuva? Why is it that they had to wait until he passed away to do tshuva? The Rebbe explains this stories, this story by saying that there is no question that Abzera was right. And there is no question that when one sees a person erring, straying, we should try to gently bring him back into the right path. Not only that, we have to be melamed schus we have to justify, to find a way to justify and excuse his actions. As a matter of fact, in the last Fabrengen that we were to hear from the Rebbe until now, which was in Shabbos Vayakal Tovshin Nun Beis, the Rebbe said that the most effective way to correct someone's wrongdoing is Bedarke Noyam or Bedarke Sholen. To communicate with him in a pleasant way, rather than to shun him, reject him, but actually, just like Abzeira did, be mekarev, So then, if that's the case, how come 
it didn't work. It didn't work as long as he was alive. It's only after the past, he, he passed away that they did tshuva. If he was doing the right thing. So the explanation is, he was doing the right thing. The mistake was theirs. They didn't feel the need to improve. And why not? You know, it says, Alkol peshoim techase ahavo. Love covers all shortcomings. You know that when you love somebody very much, you won't pay attention to their mistake, to their flaws. You might even justify them. You will definitely excuse them. And sometimes you might even find it cute. Yeah, I like to give an example Perhaps is ext- extrapolation, but definitely we'll, we'll keep it uh, with this example because I think it expresses the matzav. You know, when you when you um, when you see your your two year old eating um, a chocolate covered donut, and uh, he eats it, you know, with both hands, with ten fingers. And puts it not only in his mouth, but all over his face. Um, what's the first thing you do? You, you, you take a picture and you just send it in every family group that you have. And everybody's reaction will be, oh, this is so cute. All right. Now, imagine you're sitting in shul and you see a kid the same age doing the same thing. What are you going to say? Yes, this is disgusting. Why, why is his parent? Why is his father letting him do this? Clean him up. You know why? Because it is disgusting. It's actually pretty ugly. So why do you say it's so cute? Because you love this baby. You love this baby so much that even something that is actually, you know, dirty and repulsive, you find it to be cute. I mean, I find it to be cute too. As long as you love the the baby on which the chocolate is, you just, you will not only excuse it, but you will, actually, um, you will actually praise it. Now, the other kid you don't love. Of course, you love every Jew, I know. But you don't love him as much as you love your, your little kid here. So, therefore, you look at it for the way it is. You don't have the ahava that will be mechase al peshaim. And, of course, I just brought a benign um, example that you could apply to any situation in your life. You could think to yourself, when you experience this yourself, how people you love, you find a way to excuse their wrongdoings. Whereas at the moment you see somebody else that you don't love that much, do the same thing. You will actually... You, you're actually not going to have the same emotion. You, you're going to be repulsed. The reason is when you love, when you don't love as much. Simple as that. Now, who do we love the most in this whole world? Ourself, yes. We love ourselves more than anybody else. And because of that, we will always find a way to justify our shortcomings we always find a way to cover up for our flaws because self-love is very, very strong. 
And I'm not talking about self-esteem. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to get anybody offended here. You know, so I'm, I'm I'm talking about self-love here, which is just too strong. And because of that, we uh, fail to recognize our own sins, our own mistakes. And moreover, we always try to justify them. This is exactly what happened over here with Reb Zeher. It was totally appropriate for Reb Zeher to show Kiruv, to show even affection to these people. And he had to be Melametzchus on them. But, on the other hand, their mistake was that they interpreted his kiruv as a seal of approval. And we often do that. You know, sometimes you see somebody doing something wrong and you just don't want to bring it up right away. And, you will, and, and then they will say to themselves, oh, you saw me do it, he didn't say anything. That means it's fine. No, it's not fine. It's just that he, he picked his battle. And he decided perhaps he'll have a better effect on you by showing you kiruv rather than by showing you rebuke. But they love themselves too much to be able to realize that. They relied only on him. And as a matter of fact, after he passed away, they realized that, well, they can rely on anybody else now. They have to do it on their own. They have to stand on their own merits. And they started to do tshuva. I was asked once, so, so when, is it, when, when is it? Um, how do we know if, if, if actually what, what you're doing is right? In other words, how do you know when you should, if you should continue to show Kiruv to people and to be nice and pleasant with them and so on when you see that you're not having an effect? Um, you know, should, should you start rebuking at, what, at one point? You know, so my answer is that, first of all, you never know the effect that you have on others. But moreover, I would say that this concept of looking at another person positively and being melametzchus on the other person, that, that has to be truthful. That has to be honest. has to be a sincere feeling that you have inside of you. And if that's your true feeling, I'm, it doesn't have an expiration date. If you feel, if you're truthfully looking at another person favorably and positively, regardless of where he stands, regardless of the reaction to your kiruv, so why would you stop? I'm not sure if this is uh, directly related to this question, but um, I, I think that it would also it it, it brings a, a more, more light to it. I once heard from Meshliach Rav Yeshua Chadad Alav Shalom, one of my father's Anikapras Mishkavoy's very good friend. He was a shliach in Milan, Italy, and he was in charge of, of kashres over there. And uh, he was faced with a, with a dilemma. There was a club in which um, 
Jewish men gathered to, to play cards and gamble. And it was an exclusive Jewish club, part of the community. And they would go there and spend a lot of time there. Of course, being that they spent a lot of time there, food was served. At one point, they turned to him and they asked him to give Ashgache for the food because some of the people who went to gamble would only eat kosher and they wouldn't be able to accommodate. So he didn't know. Should he give a hechsher or not? Is the Ashgache on the food, will it be interpreted by the others as Ashgache on the establishment? So the next time he went to New York, he was in Yechides and he asked the Rebbe the question. This was in the early Chafs, the early 60s. They asked him, so what's your question? So he said, well, I don't want anybody to, to think that I'm okay with uh, the rest of what's happening there other than the food. So the Rebbe told him, I'm surprised. You know very well that when a person does um, many different types of Averis, they will be required to bring many different types of Korbanis. For each Avera, different Korban. Now soon Mashiach will come, we will have the Besamikdash, and we'll be required to bring Korbanis on our Averis. Why does it bother you that thanks to your involvement, you have now saved this Yidden a few Korbanis? In other words, what Rebbe was telling him is, what they're doing is what they're doing. But at least if you could um, attenuate, diminish their, the, 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 the amount of Averis that they do by making sure that at least the food they're eating is kosher, so do it. I guess, you know, they didn't tell him more than that. And uh, he did for, definitely didn't tell me more than that. But... Um, I think that it could be related to what we're talking about right now. Don't worry about the way people will interpret what you're doing for them as long as what you're doing for them is the right thing. What you're doing for them is to help them. And if what you're doing for them is the way the Torah wants you to do it, don't think past that. How they will interpret it, that will be a result of their own self-love. That because of that, I'll call Peshaim Nobody in his right mind will suggest that a rabbi is giving Ashgoche on, 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 on a gambling joint. Only on the foot. If somebody is doing this, is thinking this way, is only because he's trying to justify himself. And now, what, what do we take out from all this? Yeah, I just want to add one more thing. It wasn't the Rebbe but I was thinking about it. And in the Lashon of the Gemara, in the story, it says that they have a Mekarev Lehu. Rebbe was Mekarev them. At the end of the story, in their reply, what did they say? They say, until now, Rebbe was davening for us. Nowhere does he say Rebbe was davening for us. For them, Rabzeir surely didn't tell them, keep on doing what you're doing. Don't worry, I'm davening. I need a center for the minion. You don't have to come. I'm going to daven instead of you. Rabzeir didn't tell them that. Rabzeir was just showing them um, love and warmth. 
and they interpretation not only of al kol but he went to the point in which they had the illusion that he was doing things instead of them or on their behalf. That's the extent of what happened when one um, is so absorbed in himself that he will even think he sees things. Anyways, go back to what we take out of this. So when it comes to ourself, we always have to judge ourselves, not like Avzachus, but we have to do what we call a cheshban tzedek. When we are looking back, the introspection of our maimedu matzev, our action and where we stand, that has to be honest, accurate, and truthful. We cannot cut ourselves slacks. We have to be straight with ourselves. And we have to remove all the tirutzim, all the sorry excuses that are only a result of our self-love or our laziness. But when it comes to others, you can't do this. You really have to look at the other people in a positive light, judge them and deal with them The result will end up coming. The Rebbe concluded this biur by saying something very personal. The Rebbe said, let's take heed and let's not repeat the mistakes of Rabzeira's neighbors. We should take a look at other people positively when it comes to ourselves. Stop giving tirutzim and excuses. Of course, it's important to recognize your miles and you have to acknowledge your miles to know how to use this attributes, these qualities of yours as an asset to improve yourself. But let's not just look at our miles and let them cover all of our chisreinus. The Rebbe concluded by saying, instead of you continuing to do whatever you're doing, and then you write a pun and you're asking me to fix it. Save me time. Save yourself time. Act the right way to begin with. So like this, you won't need to write to me a pan asking me to fix it. And I will not need to spend the time on doing this. And instead, you and I will be in a better position and will have more time to make sure to bring Mashiach. Thank you. <laughs>